Hello, welcome everybody to episode 114 of the No Normal Show for Thursday, July 29th, 2021, brought to you by Revive Health. This is our weekly deep dive into how hospital and health system marketers can navigate what we call the No Normal. I'm Chris Bevelo, Chief Brand Officer here at Revive and your host for the show. I'm joined by Chase Kleckner, who is Senior Marketing Manager at Revive Health and our show's producer. Hello, Chase. Hey, Chris. Glad to be here with you again. Yes, it's been a while. Welcome back. And we get to do the show again going forward. So that's super cool. Also super cool is that we are joined by Cynthia Schmidt today. Cynthia joined Virginia Commonwealth University in 2001 as their first director of marketing. Wow, the first director of marketing. And 10 years later, she has transitioned to VCU Health to lead its marketing communications team. Prior to that, she worked in the ad agency world, managing accounts from healthcare to consumer services. Hello, Cynthia. Hey, Chris. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes. It's so glad you're here. And we just have such a cool thing to dive into with you. So uh, can't wait to get to that. We'll get some of the housekeeping notes out of the way first. Uh, if you're new to this show, this is where we share industry trends, research, stories, whatever we think will help you navigate the known normal successfully. Uh, also remember that you can subscribe to this show as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. We also always post a recording of the video version of this episode, which is what we're doing right now, uh, by about midday the next day. So that's tomorrow. You can find that at thinkrevivehealth.com slash no-normal. And that also includes all 114 episodes and a little sneak peek at what we have coming up. So check it out. All right. So we are here to talk about, as much as it chagrins all of us, uh, we're here to talk about COVID. Uh, we have been trying to actually move away from COVID. Uh, obviously, that was the the inspiration for the start of this show way back in March of 2020. Uh, and we spent a lot of time uh, over the winter talking about vaccines. More recently, over the last few months, we've been really thinking about the no normal moving forward and kind of where we're headed as an industry and what that means for all of us. But we can't escape this thing. Uh, and so we have Cynthia here to talk to us about it. We're going to get to that in a second because VCU Health has done what I consider to be one of the most amazing campaigns to combat um, vaccine misinformation and to convince people to go out and get their vaccines. So while this is related to vaccines and is related to COVID, uh, it holds a lesson for us in terms of what this industry should be doing overall with marketing communication. So uh, let's just set the stage a little bit. So I just got an email from Becker's like literally a minute ago, Becker's Hospital Review. Here's the first two points on it. Number one, national cases up 439% from June. That's 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 just an incredible number. Now they've gotten really low. So we gotta we gotta put that in context, right? Um, daily COVID-19 emissions hit record high in Florida. Uh, we also see that Florida is still one out of every five new COVID cases is coming out of Florida. Not a good scene down there. Louisiana, uh, we know from clients and from and reviewing the news down there, they have stopped elective procedures, stopped transfers, uh, seeing the highest increase of cases since the beginning of the pandemic with over 15,000 cases in a week. Um, we know that 
not even half of the population overall has been vaccinated, 49.2%. So that's not cool. Uh, CDC recommended some mask stuff on Tuesday, confusing all of us to no end, I think is fair, um, which just doesn't help. It's not necessarily their fault, though I think sometimes they can handle things better. Uh, 12 states seeing an 80% surge in COVID cases over the last week. Like It just goes on and on. Um, the one thing I will pull out, and thanks to Chase for, for finding all this research, um, all of it from today, uh, is there's a, a story from that talks about Dr. Gottlieb, who used to be the, the FDA uh, commissioner. And his perspective is, we're going to see the current surge in COVID cases driven by the Delta variant peak in three weeks, he says, and then start to subside. So if that's true, that's exciting. Um, that's not what I've been hearing, um, at least in terms of, oh, my gosh. And we know that this is uh, a pandemic of the unvaccinated. We know that this is really dependent on where you live so it's very different than what we experienced last year, though, of course, there were peaks and valleys geographically last year as well. Um, but it moved through the whole country. Uh, now it's really just hitting those pockets um, where we have higher incidence of unvaccination. Unvaccination? Is that a word? I just made it up. I like it. Uh, so that's the that's the context. Uh, Cynthia, you guys at VCU Health, like many health systems, uh, entered the fray and said, look, we got to do something about this. We, we have to really help educate the community on the importance of vaccinations, help combat the misinformation that's out there everywhere, uh, because clearly from a clinical medical health standpoint, it's, it's really important that people, as many people get vaccinated. So, so talk to us about the campaign that you guys built. Give us an overview of that campaign. Sure. Thanks, Chris. Um, yeah, and I'll go back just even when the when the pandemic began. We did what a lot of health systems did at that time, focused on thanking people for staying home, reinforcing the ideas of social distancing and you know, the heroes among us and and all of that. And that was so important. The one thing that we did there though was that we wanted it to have a very strong Virginia affiliation. So we played on the Virginia's for Lovers idea, you know, for the love of Virginia, do this for the love of Virginia. Um, and, you know, we use the heart. So you'll see where I'm going with this, right? So as we went through the pandemic and, you know, messages continued to change. And finally, when the vaccine was available and you're know, being the big academic medical center in Virginia, we said, okay, we, we've got to get in this discussion as it relates to vaccines. You know, we had a lot of the older people getting vaccines, you know, the vaccines were available, but we realized it was the younger people who weren't doing what they should do. And so we couldn't do just some, you know, broad-based omnibus type of campaign that let's just talk to everybody, right? Um, because guess what? That's what the competition was doing. Let's just be everything to everybody, which of course is kind of boring, right? And it's hard to get attention that way. And we said, we've got to relate to folks on a more personal level. Um, the other thing that we're so grateful for is we have this fabulous, um, you know, as being part of this great university with a strong, um, you know, mass comm department, they have what's called the media and health lab. And they've done a lot of research in this area with social norms, marketing, and how do you 
you know, how do you have a relevant message out there and how do you use personas? And so we really challenged the agency to go back and say, okay, you know, we really want to focus on this group, this younger audience, the folks who are perhaps on the fence, the people who are even just sort of like, well, you know, I'm not ever going to get sick. You know, I'm the invincible 18 year old, right? I'm, that's not going to happen to me. And so when the when the agency came back to us, you know, we had several good campaigns, but there was definitely one that was, you know, I always say on the edge of the cliff. And I have to tell you, you know, I've been in healthcare for a while and um, I know we're very risk averse as an industry. And that's why a lot of healthcare advertising is kind of just very safe. And so this one in particular, it was, um, it was fun you know, had a little bit of a humor to it. It was a little bit edgy and it featured real people telling the stories why this shot matters. And you know, of course we all know there's this double entendre in there and to make it even more fun, we replaced the O with a heart. And so your eye immediately read it differently. Um, and I remember, you know, it's one of those things as the client, you're like, oh my God, how are we going to sell this? <laughs> you know? And, um, but guess what? That was the one everyone wanted to put forward and it got done. And, you know, I always, I have two wonderful children, a 28 year old and a 32 year old. And, and my daughter, when she saw it, she immediately Snapchatted me, mom, Whoa, mom you know, there's a double meaning here. <laughs> <laughs> and of course I'm like, really? <laughs> but I knew at that moment. And then when I told her, I said, yeah, we know. And she was like, sweet. you know. <laughs> so, so we knew, you know, I knew this was going to break through. This was going to make a difference and everybody got on board with it. You know, we, we also did a lot of work with, um, and, you know, of course, everyone out there, I know, thinks about budget and production and all when you have this many stories. And at first we thought, well, if we could get four to five stories, that would be great. And um, as we started calling folks in the community, more people started then calling us, hey, I want to be part of the campaign. I want to tell my story. And so we ended up, oh, gosh, it was, I want to say, 15 or more stories that we produced. Um and we had the individuals come into the studio. You know, we have a great little studio at VCU. And, you know, we had them do a photo shoot. And then we took them into the video part of the studio where they actually just then told us their story. And so we had everything from a country music singer who basically was very vaccine averse, um, good old mm. boy, who got COVID and became a convert. And he was like, I do want to tell my story. You know, this this is an important story to tell. We had, um, you know, community artists come in. We had music, other musicians. We had community activists. We had people, you know, from Black Lives Matter who wanted to be part of the conversation. We had leaders in the Hispanic community, um, students, young, old. We really had this amazing cross-section of people who who really believed in this message and understood the importance of getting it out to the folks who perhaps could be influenced. So, so yes, it, it the, the double entendre, the, the intentionality of that, of the love, the story of your daughter, um, who at first couldn't imagine that you would have, you know, not only not known that, but actually that was intentional. And then, then when she finds out, you know, like celebrates it, um, 
with you. I think that's great. That what, what's great about it from our perspective is that again, it's it shows communication that's real, communications that's targeted to people intentionally and using language that is is relatable, right? But also it's risky to do that. Uh, so you you kind of hinted at this, Cynthia. Um, but it's one thing to come up with an idea that says this shot matters. It's another to get it through a health system out onto the street, right? We're not, this isn't Steve Jobs at Apple saying this, we're, <laughs> this is what we're going to do or some startup where there's four people. These are, like you said, very traditionally con- you know, conservative, risk adverse, understandably so organizations. Talk a little bit about how this went from concept to the street. Uh, and, and how you got it through those traps. Sure. Um, well, you know, one of the first things we did is we did test the campaigns that were given to us to see which one tested the best. We uh, we do work with NRC and, you know, we had several different panels. We did, um, you know, both digital and, and in-person. And and first, so the test, it really did come out in top, on top as testing well. So that always helps. I've always found, and I'll be the first one to say, I'm not a big believer in creative testing. Um, I'm just not because let's face it, we don't consume creative that way. You know, I consume it when I'm driving down 95 and, or, you know, opening up my laptop or looking over someone's shoulder in an airport. Um, That's how we consume media. But testing is still great because there's some directional feedback that can come out of it. And it helps your case, you know, when you do have to take it forward, especially in an academic environment where everybody's all about academics. Right. And so that that was the first big, big thing to check off. The other thing that really helped us is we have a lot of new leadership at DCU Health. We have a very visionary uh, CEO who. you know, challenges us every day. We have a new head of communications at the university who um, came to us from Florida, and he's he is he's definitely um, you know looking to 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 be brave. You know, as an institution, so that really helps. You know, when you have leadership that is already in that sort of challenger brand mode, right? Because um, let's face it, VCU is not exactly a household word a name out there in the community. I mean, when we went to the Final Four, the big T-shirt was VCU. Right? <laughs> um, so, so it it really, you know, we're in that challenger brand kind of mode. So that was important. The other thing that was so great, I mentioned the media and health lab. Uh, we have this uh, Dr. Guidry, who who really has been very involved with research in this area and with vaccinations. Um, so mm-hmm. we brought her in early on to be, um, you know, help us with messaging and, and testing and really thinking through the relevancy of the kinds of stories we were telling. And she was an amazing partner. So having that academic you know, person in the sidecar with us, it really did help this project go through the ringer. And, and I think, you know, we were talking earlier, Chris, I don't know if I've ever had a campaign that had so many people touch it in all the different, I mean, we had legislative people who reviewed wow. it, you know, we had um, our community outreach people look at it, you know, we had stood up this really great, um, um, like an advocacy champion program with volunteers, we had students look at it. Of course, the students were like, we love it, you know, um, 
And so it was one of those things where I felt like we had so much good due diligence behind it to get it to market um, that, you know, there weren't many holes left. Um, and as you know, too, I don't care what you do now, even if it's just pictures of kittens, someone's going to be outraged by it. So, um, yes. you know, so you just have to be prepared. And I, and I remember thinking back to, I don't know if you remember the campaign that um, the, um, the donor organ, you know, donate life campaign did. They, it was the world's biggest asshole. And no. they, oh, it's like brilliant. They said, okay, who do we need to get transplanted? We need young men. Because unfortunately, that's where a lot of the donor pool is coming from. And we right. want them to. And they put together this campaign about this guy who was just horrible. And of course, he ends up dying. But as it turns out, the world's biggest asshole was an organ donor and oh. saved all these lives. And and let me tell you, Donate Life got a lot of flack, but it was very targeted. And as a result, there were so many more young men who signed up to be organ donors. So it gets back to knowing your audience, speaking in a way that's relevant and authentic to that group, and then putting it out there in the right places so they see it, you know, because like the, the asshole campaign, that really it was a three minute little short movie. Yeah. And, and it was all done online. It was viral within, I think within a few hours of it being released, it already had like 50 million views. So, yeah, you know, well, the the part of what you're you're talking to reminds me of a story. So it's kind of like finding the right champions internally because if you can get those people behind it, it, it's just critical. Like you can proactively do that. But one of my favorite stories is we did a hospital campaign years ago, and it was a teaser campaign. So it was a hospital that was completely like hundreds of millions of dollars to renovate their new hospital. And it was supposed to draw attention to it, but it was a teaser campaign that was built in the style of a movie release. So we actually created like movie posters and they were patient stories, but you had no idea. So like one of them was called the warrior and it showed a guy and he was in garb and it, you thought it was a movie. Um, eventually you would be revealed that this was a, a heart attack patient, right? It was, it was really out there at the time, and especially when you're asking a health system to spend a lot of money without their brand on it for a couple of months. And the marketing lead loved it, and she's like, we got to really think about how we're going to move this through to get approval. She had the comp sitting on her desk, and their like, top neurosurgeon happened in just incidentally for something, and he picked them up, and one of the patients was his patient. Uh, who was called Courage Girl, right? So she was like a wow. super kind of character. Uh -huh. And he said, what is this? And she explained it to him. And he said, this is amazing. Are we doing this? And so she was able to take that then to like her boss and then the CEO and say, hey, our top neurosurgeon, who also happens to be responsible for a lot of this, loves this. So you guys okay with this? Um, completely accidental but it shows you the power of having the right people behind these kind of ideas uh, and, and maybe trying to seek them out ahead of time, as you pointed out for some of the folks that you that you mentioned. So um, do you want to talk a little bit, Cynthia, about uh, just how it came to life, you know, the different ways that it hit the market? Sure, sure. Well, um, of course, you know, we did a television spot. You know, I'm I'm such a big believer in TV and I know it's fractured as it is now, but there's nothing that has the emotional pull that a good TV spot has. It just, you know, and it just works. And so, 
you know, with the television, you know, we, we, we didn't have a lot of time, you know, with the way COVID is, everything moves so quickly. So we knew we had a very limited window. So two, two days of shooting. Um, once again, we recruited, it was very much a partner between the agency and the, the marketing communications team where um, we did a lot of the on-the-ground recruiting of the participants, helping wrangle all the spaces. Um, I'll give a shout-out to my team member, Nina Fryer, who, she, bless her heart, she was, you know, as you can imagine, getting all of these locations because we had three locations per day. Um, but so that, that was a big part, you know, getting those folks lined up, getting their stories recorded. But then I had mentioned earlier, you know, getting them into our studio for sort of the, I call it like the long tail of the campaign. You know, mm -hmm. you have sort of your TV, which is your, you know, the thing that everyone talks about. But then all of the, the digital components, you know, this had a very heavy digital piece. We also did a lot of um, own content, like with our news center site, where we told even more in-depth stories with, with all the participants, with all of it had video, did um, a good percentage of that video production in-house. Um, which we are so, so incredibly fortunate to have such a strong video team. And and really building out all those assets and then the social assets, our social took a lot of the components and built those out. We did everything from paid to just basic organic, um, you know, across all the different social media platforms. Um, we even did TikTok, which I, I was like, will we yes. ever do TikTok? We finally did TikTok, right? Um, we had radio, and I'll tell you, radio, I've always felt like it's one of the hardest mediums to do right. Um, people tend to just go, oh, radio. But I'm, I I came from a radio background, so I mean, when someone gets radio right, it's a huge, and I used to teach a class over in MassCom that was like an intro to advertising called Story. And, and I tell you, the radio was always the hardest thing for the students because they're like, what? How hard is radio? Well, it's hard. You have 30 seconds to tell a story in someone's brain, right? And so um, the agency just did a fabulous job with the radio with um, just sound effects. And whenever someone said this shot matters, we covered up the word shot like it was being censored by the background <laughs> sound, right? And I can tell you, I had so many people who were like, I heard the radio spots, like, wow, that was that was great. And and so, you know, it was truly this kind of multimedia. And, you know, it wasn't a huge media spend either. Um, you know, I think it was very efficient. You know, we were in the right places, once again, very targeted. Um, and so it and of course, we we did the obligatory full page ad in the the local newspaper, right. which, you know, which I doubt a single 18 year old saw it, but, um, <laughs> but Hey, so, some of them have cats. Yeah. Yeah. Cats right. The bird cage. With, right. I'm a big newspaper there reader. I'm old school, but anyway. Um, so I think that was, that was a big part of how the campaign was implemented and rolled out. And, and even the local media called us, I think just several of the TV stations did pieces and, you know, on, on the campaign because they were so excited about it. Yeah, that's fantastic. And you're being very diplomatic. You keep seeing the agency because we don't want this to be about, I mean, <laughs> let's just say we were, we were the agency behind it. So we're very proud of it, but, but we don't want that to, that's not what this is about, right? The last no, thing we want this show no. to be about. So, um, but, but we'll talk about this a little bit later. It is, I, I always sing the praises of this, campaign because as you know cynthia and a lot of people who listen to this know i've been on somewhat of a crusade for the last 
more years than I want to count about how we need to really move things forward and do things differently. And to me, this is just the epitome of that. It is, it is the use of data. It's the use of, you know, integrated channels and digital, as you're saying, and content and messaging that really breaks through. Uh, it's just not something you expect to see from a health system, which is what we need more of. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about where the campaign is now? Uh, sure. And, and kind of bring it up a little bit. Yeah, well, um, we got a good month of, of run out of it. And, you know, our preliminary data shows it spiked across the board from attitudes, awareness, favorability, um, you know, net promoter score. You know, unfortunately, we did have, you know, a, a vocal or two person who did not like it and for various reasons. So, you know, we did end up having to pull it. Um, however, we planned for that. You know, we said, you know, there's a chance that this won't, you know, we, we might have to make some changes. So we are making some tweaks and they look great. I think it addresses all the issues that are out there. Um, and we're, um, you know, we're continuing with the storytelling. You know, we've got these great people that we're working with and they continue to want their stories being told. And we're doing that because we still believe in the message of getting the vaccination message out there. And granted, I know our, our competition is out there talking about we're back in business, spring is your need, your joint replacements and all that, which, of course, we, we do that, too. But but mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you know, people have to get the vaccine. That's what it's about. And the more people we can influence. And as I've always said, if it's only one person that decides to do it as a result of seeing our message, this is a success. So, yeah, yeah, it's just it's just so great because it's. It's not only, like I said, kind of the poster child for what, what I personally think health systems should be doing in terms of marketing. It's it's that applied to a real crisis, right? Mm -hmm. So, of course, right. we want that applied to come and get your knees done here. And right. we're the best brand and all of that because we have to do those things. But for, for this approach to be taken um, where it's it's literally – life and death every time somebody sees it, whether they mm -hmm. take it or not, whether they believe it or not, whether it moves them or not. And it has far broader societal implications, as we know, for something like this in terms of vaccines. And it's not just about yourself, but it's about protecting other people. Um, that just makes it even more special. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I just, I just really commend you guys for being, mm -hmm. for, for taking the risk and being brave and, you know, and, and and that's for you, Cynthia, and your marketing team. But it goes for, like you said, all the rest of the people, all the however many people who saw it. And don't you wonder, don't you think there's probably, if there were a hundred of them, there's probably five who didn't get the double entendre. There's probably a couple who said, <laughs> yeah. oh, this is fine. Sure. Why, I mean, why not? Of course this shot matters. Yeah. Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe not. But I would assume most of them were like your daughter. Yeah. So, are yeah. You, you, knew, you knew this was this way, right? I mean, I think it's also important, though, like when it goes through a hundred people that it, an idea doesn't get, you know, death by a thousand cuts. Like, I think that yeah. also happens in a lot of systems is a bold idea sure. and it's just like slash, 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 slash. And then you're like, well, now we got a basic idea, right? Like, that's yeah. also a huge win from your, from you all to make sure that it didn't just get cut down in its boldness, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. And 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 I just just one quick thing I would say as an academic medical center I think there from a brand perspective there's an expectation for us to challenge people, and you know I've always said if not us then who, you know we that is our role in in society that is our mission, and and have those difficult conversations and you know we that's that's why we're here, so I I hear you Chris I think it's it's all about that. Being, being there and making a difference in, in whether the conversation's an easy one or a tough one. Yeah, for sure. So I'm so glad we got to have you on, Cynthia, to share this story. Um, just such a great, such a great effort. Thank you. I told you I would I, gush about it. I, just... I, I, I love gushing. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Well, well, hopefully continued success with it. I'm sure continued success with it. Uh, and thanks for being on the show with us. All right. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. If you want us to cover something, let us know. Throw it in the comments um, pane if you're still with us live. Otherwise, you can email us at nonormal at thinkrevivehealth.com. We love to cover the topics you guys want to hear. Remember, visit thinkrevivehealth.com slash no dash normal for all of the episodes, including this one, which will be live tomorrow. Um, won't be live. We're live now. The <laughs> link will be live. That's what I, that's, I meant that the whole time. Um, and make sure you subscribe on iTunes and Spotify and wherever else. And with that, thanks for joining us. And until next week, stay away from that Delta and good luck out there in the no normal. Thanks everybody. Thanks everybody.